Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Welcome all of you again. I want to open with prayer as well. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you... Mm. That we have victory because of what you've done. You wear the victor's crown, and we are the recipients of your your sacrifice for us, so we get to walk in the victory. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your, your voice speaking to our hearts. Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today, that we would walk away changed because you've done something in our hearts and in our lives. And that will not only impact us, but impact our families and the world around us. So, Father, we come to you this morning praying this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm so glad that all of you are here today, and I'm excited about this message. We're in this series. It's called Now. And what we've been talking about is what we can and should be doing now. Uh, if you missed any of this series, you can go back and podcast those or watch those online. This morning, I want to talk about God's provision. And uh, I, I looked up a definition of provision, and, and it says, the action of providing or supplying something for use. And so many times when we think about provision, I don't know about you, but I think about generally about money. But provision is so much more than just money. The Lord provides everything that we have. And, and even the breath we, we breathe. And my first point this morning is the Lord expects us to be good stewards of the things He's given us. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about ownership versus stewardship. Ownership is the act, state, or right of possessing something, where stewardship is the job of super, supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. And so, by the world standards, uh, Pastor Christina and I would own two vehicles, a home, and various other items. According to God's standard, uh, Pastor Christina and I steward two vehicles, a home, and various other items. And we've been tremendously blessed. And even as a church, we have a number of different things, the property that we own, that we just bought. We don't actually own that, I guess, according to the, the, the Word of God. We're stewards of that, and so that's why we pray and we ask the Lord what He wants us to do with that property and how to manage it because it's really His property, and we just get, get to be the stewards of that. So, as you know, we won't take any material items with us when we die, so you won't be able to take your boat, Tony. Uh, you won't be able to take your vehicles, your house, uh, any women, any of the jewelry that you have, you won't be able to take that. <laughs> uh, and the, the, that tree that we planted, that we've nurtured and it looks so awesome, no, that's got to stay too. Uh, we don't even own our children. That's right. We've been given our, our children to, to train up and equip so that they can get a job and move out. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> But uh, God has given us stewardship over our children so that we can train them and equip them so that they know what a good marriage looks like. They know what a good family, solid uh, uh, family unit looks like. And, and how do children learn the three ways? Example, example, example. example. Uh, 
So we have the opportunity to invest into our children and show them what a godly marriage and home looks like. And part of that is, is uh, teaching them to, to come to church on Sunday mornings. Because if they're trained up and taught, and if that's part of the culture that you develop in their lives, then they're going to continue that on. I, I remember when I was in high school, my parents, uh, for about probably eight or ten years, we really stopped going to church. And I got out of that habit. Where uh, when I was younger, we, were, we would go to church every, every Sunday. We were honoring the Lord with giving, returning Him our first, the first day of the week, and things like that. And, and so it's important that we are investing in our children. And so in children's ministry here, we're teaching them the Word of God. We're teaching them about having a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. Not their parents, but their own relationship. So it's our, our purpose and goal that we train up our children. And I was having a conversation recently talking about adult children and how that the dynamics of our family and, and our children and parent relationships should change over time as, as our children become adults. Then we begin to relate to them differently. We should begin to relate to them differently. So when they come to us for advice, then we can give them good godly advice. But we have to let them, we have to release them. We've trained and equipped them. And so it's time for us to let them go as adults and that hopefully we become more like peers or friends. Now, moms, I know your, your 50-year-old son is always going to be your little boy. And uh, dads, your 50-year-old daughter is always going to be your little girl. That doesn't change. But the relationships and the dynamics of those things change because now they're an adult. And now they're raising their children and, and raising their family. So uh, when I was considering this, this message today, which is considering God's provision, there were a couple of things that I was really burdened by. And I'm burdened because some people are struggling financially. That's a burden for me. And then the other thing that I was burdened with regarding this message is uh, people miss the fullness of the blessings of the Lord that He has for us. And uh, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that sometimes people are, are not taught. I remember um, my parents never taught me the principle of tithing and uh, returning the first 10% of, of my increase to the Lord. I remember when I was a, a youngster, we would go to church and my parents would give me a dollar and they'd say, okay, put the dollar in the plate in, in Sunday school or when they pass the plate in the service. But I had really no reference point for what that was about. I didn't know really why I was doing it other than the very basic foundation that we should give to the Lord, that we should give to God. But I, didn't, I was never taught about tithing and the principle of tithing and, and uh, giving first fruits and things like that. And, and, and I don't think that they really fully understand until we learned uh, as adults what tithing really meant and what the word says about tithing and once we were taught then we were able to teach our parents about this this principle and, and this truth and so uh, part of the reason that I'm sharing this with you today is because you probably know people that are struggling financially and uh, w when I talk with people and counsel with people one of the things I'll ask them do you have a home church first of all you need to find a good bible-based Christ-centered home church to plug into Secondly, are you tithing? And what does the enemy come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. So many times people uh, don't know. They haven't been taught this biblical principle that is very 
basic and, and very uh, important for us to, to get and to learn. And the second reason uh, I think that sometimes people miss the fullness of God's blessings is because maybe they've been taught about tithing, but they choose to disregard or disobey that principle. And, and so that's a, that's a different issue. Let's talk about tithing. Tithing is returning 10% of our increase to the Lord. And, um, you know, so it's very, God has made it very simple. If you get $100, $10 of that belongs to the Lord. If you get $1,000, if you have an increase of $1,000, $100, I mean, uh, yeah, $100 belongs to the Lord. If you get a check for $95.50, $9.55 belong to the Lord. It's very, very simple. And, and so there are a lot of Christians that don't really, either they haven't been taught or, or they just choose to disregard that teaching. Now, I know most of you here, you've heard this teaching, and, and so you know about tithing. But, but how are you helping people that, that your, your family members or, or coworkers or people like that that are suffering financially? I mean, this could be a, a, a reason that they're not receiving the fullness of the blessings of God. And I want to have a TA moment here. A TA stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. And uh, typically when I'm uh, putting together a series, I'll seek the Lord about the different topics that He wants me to teach. And so I knew that He wanted me to teach on provision, God's provision this week. And as... Uh, as normally happens during the week, the first part of the week, I start seeking the Lord regarding the, the teaching and, and how He wants me to put it together, scriptures and things like that. Well, after a few hours, I realized the direction that this message was going in. And I said, Lord, I, I really don't like the direction we're going here with this message. Uh, because I'm going to be teaching in Malachi, and, and, and our congregation has heard these scriptures before. Most of our people tithe, and, and they know the principle and the truth of tithing and returning the first 10% of our increase to the Lord. And so it's like I had this conversation with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said, okay, so what are you teaching on now? And I'm, I said, well, my burden is that uh, many people are struggling financially, and uh, secondarily, uh, many people are not walking in the full blessings that, that the Lord has for them. And, and so it's like the Holy Spirit said, okay, so uh, what, what is the basis of, of what you're teaching on? And I said, well, well really, it, it comes down to obedience. Just obeying the principles that the Lord lays out. And I kind of got this visual in my mind of the Holy Spirit sitting across from me across from my desk if I could see the Holy Spirit and he's kind of going like, what is the basis obedience and you you want to argue with me about this and I'm like okay no okay so anyway I, I had to chuckle because I thought you know this we talk about intimacy with God what's our mission statement to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ, right? And so when we have an intimate personal relationship, it's a two-way relationship, right? And so we talk about that so often. So here was an example of this two-way relationship where I was having this conversation with the Lord and He's responding back. And He's bringing clarity and, and correction to me and, and deeper understanding sometimes. And so, of all the things that we talk about, and all the things that we, we share on, this intimate relationship with the Lord is vital. 
And so through that, he gives us insight and wisdom, and then we have the Word of God that we can go and, and learn from and uh, implement the things that he is teaching. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. I thought that was kind of a, a sweet moment and uh, an interesting moment for me. So 400 years before Christ, Malachi was rebuking the children of Israel for turning away from the Lord. Um, their hearts, the, the problem was their hearts were far from him. So my first point this morning is the Lord expects us to be good stewards of the things he gives us. The second point this morning is the Lord blesses our obedience. So the Lord's message to Israel through the prophet Malachi, uh, let's look at uh, Malachi 3, verse 7 through 12. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them, the Lord is telling the children of Israel through Malachi. And so we can go back and we can see the history of how their ancestors, the Israelites, disobeyed. They demonstrated rebellion against the, the Lord for hundreds of years. And we know that they began to uh, uh, sacrifice their children to these pagan gods. They did all kinds of evil things. They turned away from the Lord. And, and so the Lord was not happy with them. Let's read on in verse 7. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And again, he was angry with them because they had turned away. And imagine that, that our relationship with our loved ones, when someone turns away or walks away from us, it's hurtful. And we want to restore that relationship. That was always God's heart, to have this relationship with the children of Israel. And now it's extended to us because we are grafted in through Christ. Uh, verse 7 continues, But you ask, how can we return to you when we've never gone away? And, you know, it's like, really? How, how can you not see where you've turned away from the Lord? You've worshipped other gods. You've embraced all these evil practices, even sacrificing your children to these pagan gods. How is it that you really would seriously ask that question? And he goes on to say in verse 8, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. Verse 8 continues, But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. They knew what God required. They knew that they were to bring animals for sacrifice for the forgiveness of their sins and to provide for the, the priest and the, the, uh, the temple. And uh, he, he goes on to say in verse 9, you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. And... Uh, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about when you look at the statistics of the number of Christians that actually tithe, it's really low. And if, if we would tithe, if we would return, if, if the body of Christ would return the 10% that belongs to the Lord, we could take care of a lot of world issues. Water, people, you know, there are people that are dying because they don't have clean water to drink. All of those things could be resolved. Food, we, could, uh, we would be able to provide food. We would be able, churches would be able to build the buildings and hire the staff and do the things that God has called us to do if we had the money to do those things. If, as Christians, we, we would just obey in returning what belongs to the Lord. And, and I think about this nation, how blessed we are, but I tell you, I'm concerned as, as we're turning away from Christ in the church and we're turning away from the Lord in our society. And I think it's going to have, and I think it is having an effect on our nation. But he goes on to say in, in verse 10, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. 
And this word for all translates to all. It means the whole. Bring the whole in. (laughs) Storehouse translates to God's treasury, God's house, the church. He says, return to me, return to the Lord the tithe, the 10% that is His. And this morning, again, I'm talking about God's provision. And there's a connection here between our obedience and the blessings of God. There's a connection between us returning what belongs to Him and his, His financial blessings. Now, let me be clear. This is not a prosperity message. This is not give to get like we hear on TV and we've seen. That's rooted in selfishness. Give, you know, send $77 and God's going to buy you a new Mercedes or a Rolex. No, this is not that. This is give to honor and obey the Lord. And, and so that's, that's what we're talking about here. But again, many people are suffering for, and, not, and having a lack of provision because they disregard this biblical principle. And I know most of you here, probably, if not all of you here, understand this and, and you're faithful in tithing, and I, I appreciate that. But maybe this message is for somebody that's not tithing. Maybe somebody watching online. Or maybe you're going to have a conversation with somebody next week and this is going to be a message. These scriptures and these concepts and principles and truths that come from the Bible, you will be able to use to help people. Because God imparts into us, He gives us His biblical truth and principles so that we can walk it out. So we can go out and live it. But also so, how, uh, so we can go out and teach and train others and equip other people. Because I promise you there are people in your life that need the Lord. And they need to understand some basic fundamental principles to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. He goes on to write, if you do, if you do what? If you bring all the tithes into the storehouse, if you return the, the first 10% of the Lord's uh, money back to him, I mean, he gives us 100%, and he says, I want 10% back. He says, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I know many of us know what that's like because we have been faithful and we have seen God's blessings. And we don't give to get, we give to honor Him, but He reciprocates in abundance. And He says, if you do this, if you choose to do this, if you will obey this, I will open the windows of heaven for you. An amazing promise. He goes on to say, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. He says, try it. Put me to the test. Let me, let me bless your life with the super abundance. And again, we're not just talking about money, peace, health, well-being, you know. Whatever those things look like, it's more than money. He's saying, I want to supersize the blessings in your life. Please, step out in faith. Trust me in this. And then watch and see what I do. And I've shared this numerous times. I don't know of anyone that is faithful in tithing, returning to the Lord, that is, is in constant financial struggle. I don't know of one person. I don't know of one person that has continual chronic financial problems that's tithing. It's not by accident. I think it's clearly that when we follow the Lord's commands and what He desires of us, we see the blessings of God. When we choose to not do those things, we suffer the consequences. And again, this message is a heart message. What's our heart? 
He says, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I want to pour out these supernatural blessings on your life. And let's, let's look at some of these. In Malachi 3.11, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. This was thousands of years ago. <laughs> I think before Christine and I learned this concept of, of tithing, we tried to plant a garden. We, we thought, well, let's have some uh, tomatoes. We planted this garden. We didn't get anything out of that garden. There were little spiders all over the, the uh, tomatoes, and birds would eat them, and, you know, it, it just didn't go well. And so what the Lord is saying here, your, pro- your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Before they had pesticides and insecticides and all of those kinds of things, he goes on to say, your supernatural blessings will include your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. He's, doing some, he's telling them when we do this, when they would do this, He would provide a supernatural protection and blessing that they, they didn't have any control over. They didn't have any control over the bugs and locusts and birds and all those things eating their crops or, or the crops falling off the vine prematurely. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I think about this nation. I think it was founded on biblical principles. And on, on the Lord, we, are, we live in a, an extremely blessed nation. Amen. If you've ever traveled to third world, world countries, you know how blessed we are. We had a, a, a person stay with us for a couple of weeks that was from Africa. And this was before we'd ever traveled internationally. And uh, he said, you know, people where I live, they value a plastic cup. The things that you take for granted, the things that you just throw away, are very valuable in other countries. And so we are very blessed to live in this nation. Obedience in returning our tithe to the Lord is one of the areas of obedience that ushers in the Lord's provision. There's another thing that I want to touch on here this morning. Uh, It's the, uh, uh, in addition to tithing, is I didn't understand the principle of first fruits. Because first fruits is returning the first 10% of our increase to the Lord. Uh, it's the first. It's not the last. And so just as, a, uh, just as a heart thing, as an honor to the Lord, whenever we write our tithe check, uh, Pastor Christine writes the first check to the church. It's our tithe. And, uh, you know, I don't think God gets all bent out of shape. Oh, it was the second or third check. You didn't write, you know. But we do that to honor the Lord. And so whenever we get paid, whenever we have an increase, not just pays, but any kind of increase, the first check that we write is to the church. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 4. We know that Adam and Eve had children, and Cain was a farmer, and Abel was a shepherd. Let's look at Genesis 4, 3 through 7. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. So Cain brought some, all right, and Abel brought his best. And so God accepted Abel and his offering. See, there's a correlation in, in what they were bringing. 
there was a correlation between God accepting not only Abel's offering, but accepting him and rejecting Cain's offering. Why? Because he just brought some. And I think that's what happens uh, to some people sometimes is rather than bringing their first and their best to the Lord, they just bring their leftovers. Well, there's no faith in that. How, how honoring is that? Even in Malachi, uh, the Lord talks about, would, would you bring these old mangy sheep? Would, would you give something like this to your governor, but yet you want to bring this to me? Really? How is that honoring to me? And, and so when we bring the first, it, it does a couple of things. One, we're walking in faith. We're saying, okay, I'm, giving God, I'm paying you first, God. I'm returning back to you first, God. And then what we see is God blesses abundantly the, the 90%. I mean, I know, I know many of you know what, what that's about because you experience it. Let's look at Genesis 4-5. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted. You notice he says, you will be accepted. Not just his offering, but you will be accepted if... If means conditional, right? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. So what he's saying is, and what I read in this text is that the Lord is giving him the opportunity to get it right. He's saying, if, listen, if you will do, it, do what you're supposed to do, you will be accepted. It will be the right thing to do. So he had the opportunity. But I think what we see here in this passage is we see their hearts. We see the heart of Cain who just brought some. And we see the heart of Abel who brought his best. Verse 7 continues. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. He's talking to Cain here. And then the next verse tells of Cain killing his brother Abel. So the off their offerings were a reflection of their heart. Now, you know, it was, it was much greater than about their offering or money or, or a lamb or, or the first of, of their, their uh, crops. It was about their heart. And Jesus is teaching on money in Matthew 6.21. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So you want to know how much of a prior, priority the Lord is in your life? Look at your checkbook. Are you giving to the Lord? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Okay, again, this is not a prosperity message. Given you will get. This is a message based on biblical principles and truth. It's a heart examination. Where's our heart? Are we returning to Him what belongs to Him? Are we giving Him of our time, our talents, and our treasures? Are we giving Him our first fruits? Are we coming to church on Sunday morning and dedicating that time to Him? And saying, Lord, I'm giving you the first of my week. I'm teaching my children to come to church the first of the week to honor you. Our commitment, faithfulness, obedience, and passions are a reflection of our heart. So my first point this morning is the Lord expects us to be good stewards of the things He gives us. The Lord blesses our obedience. My third point is the Lord expects us to take care of His bride. Who is his bride? The church. The bride of Christ is the church. And so uh, this message is not only about obedience and returning to the Lord what belongs to him. It's also about stewardship. Are we being good stewards of what the Lord has blessed us with? 
He says, if you're faithful in the little things, I'll give you more. If you're unfaithful in what I've given you, I'll take, a, I'll take that away. So the Lord is looking for good stewards. And are we giving Him our time, our treasures, our talents? And I know many of you are. Many of you are serving and giving. Um, I want to give a, an example. Now, please do not get excited. This is only an example, okay? So, I come to Bobby Joe and John and Cliff, and I say, hey, I'd like to do something for you. I'd like to give you a thousand. This is an example, okay? <laughs> I'd like to give you a thousand dollars a month. And here's the catch. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give my bride a hundred dollars of that thousand dollars I give you every month. So I want you to give her ten percent. So, Bobby Joe, you get a thousand, and you give my wife, my bride, a hundred. John, you get a thousand. You give my bride a hundred. Cliff, you give my bride a hundred from your thousand. So a few months go by, and uh, I talk to to my bride. I say, hey, uh, you know, I, I asked these three guys to to uh, send you a hundred dollars every month. How are they doing in that? And uh, she said, well, Bobby Joe is doing great. Uh, the, he, I, I get a hundred dollar check uh, on the third or fourth of, of every month, and he's consistent every month. I can count on that hundred dollars being uh, sent to me. And I said, well, what about John? She said, well, now John doesn't always send $100. He normally sends $200. And I said, well, I, I only ask him to send 100 And she said, well, I don't know. He sends 200 And there have been times when he's, he's, spent, uh, he's sent three or $400. I'm like, wow, okay. And I said, well, what about Cliff? And she said, well, we need to talk about Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a story. This is not the truth, Okay. Uh, she says, well, the first month Cliff sent $50, and then the next two months he didn't send anything, and then he sent $75, and then a couple of months went by and he didn't send anything, and so he's never given $100. I, I don't know what's up with Cliff, and I said, well, I don't know either. Uh, so I call my accountant, and I say, uh, this is what I want to do. I want John to continue to get his $1,000 that he's been getting, and I want to take the $1,000 that Cliff gets and give it to John. So Cliff is going to get goose egg. He's going to not get anything. And I want John to get 2000 Now, in addition to that 2000 because John has been so faithful and, and so caring for my bride, I want to give him an extra couple of thousand. So give John 4000 This is just an example. Give John $4,000. Cliff doesn't get anything. And, and Bobby Joe, let, he's getting a thousand. Let's go ahead and increase him to two thousand a month. Yeah. So, why why would I do this? Why would why would these things matter? Because my bride matters. That's my bride. I, that's who I care about. And I'm asking these guys. I'm giving them. I'm providing for them. And I'm saying, will you just give her ten percent of what you're getting? And they're doing that. And so think about how the Lord feels. He says, this is my bride down here. Are we taking care of His bride? Do you think he's kind of, he, you know, he cares about His bride? I think He does. And, I, and there's, there's biblical principles that say when we're faithful in the small things, He'll give us more. Is He going to give us more if we don't take care of what He's given us? 
And he's saying, look, I want you to take care of my bride because that is my bride I love and I care about her. And so we have the opportunity to walk in this, this truth and this principle to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And it starts with being obedient to Him. And saying, Lord, I'm going to return to You what belongs to You. I'm not giving You anything. I'm returning what's already Yours. You own it all. I'm only a steward. And what we've seen, and many of you know this, as we give, you cannot outgive the Lord. Again, it's not about money. (laughs) It's about our heart. The The Lord promises to bless us abundantly and provide for us when we return His portion back to Him. The Lord works through us and the church to lead lost people into a relationship with Him. Ministry costs money. (laughs) You know, and here's the amazing thing. God will take our money and our offerings and our, our tithes and turn those into saved souls. When we have His heart, we care about the things that He cares about. And the thing that He cares about most are people. He loves His body, those of us that are saved. But He also loves those that are lost. Because once, we were one of those lost people too. And so God is wanting to take our blessings and extend and expand our influence. He's given us this beautiful piece of property that, that we're looking at building a building on. Why, why did He give us this 13 acres? Because He has a vision and a mission and a calling for us that we impact the community. Not just that we have a beautiful church building. That's, that's wonderful. But He wants us to do something with that. He wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to reach into the community and share the hope and the love of Christ with those that don't know Him. And have a building where we can continue to, to have life groups. We have six, I think we have six life groups right now. We want to have more. And so we have a facility then that we can do that and house that, those, those life groups in and, and have our Sunday services in. And, and uh, you know, right now we're meeting here and I, I'm so thankful to the Rubikis. They are so gracious in allowing us to meet here. Thank you. So the Lord takes our money and uses it to save souls. On May 13, 2020, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I remember the Lord woke me up, and you know this. He said, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. And we see the changes that are happening. This was after COVID. It was before the George Floyd event and and all of that and, and some of the things that have transpired from a year ago. And I believe that the Lord is saying the time is now for us to move forward. For such a time as this, we were created. And so uh, we're going to be, we're having some drawings and renderings made of the, of the building we want to build. And once we get those, then I, I plan to start the, the building fund again. Give, go, grow. Go, give, grow. Something like that. One of those. It's one of those. It says three words. I'm not, I forgot what order they're in. I think it's give, go, grow. Uh, but anyway, so we have a great opportunity. And, and you guys have been and are so faithful in giving and returning to the Lord what's His. And uh, I know that the Lord is going to continue to bless us and, and pour into us as we continue to obey Him, as we continue to honor Him 
I, I would like for you to close your eyes, bow your heads right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe, maybe you did at one point in time and you've walked away. Is, if that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody here this morning? No shame in that. Maybe you're watching online and you would say, that's me. Uh, I would ask you just to pray this prayer from your heart. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I thank you for this new beginning, this fresh start, this new day. And I receive you today. I receive your forgiveness today. And I ask you to help me to walk in your principles and in, in your truths and that this relationship would just grow and that as I read the Word, it would come alive. As I spend time in prayer, I would hear your Holy Spirit speaking to me, that I would receive from you, that I would receive everything that you have for me, that this is a new day, and all that old stuff is gone, and it's a new beginning. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to just pour and wash over them, even right now. God, that they would feel your presence. That you would reach into the deepest recesses of their hearts, Lord God, and impart to them your great love and your presence, your strength, your encouragement, all the things that they need. And that you would do that for us as well, Lord, as we come to you, yielded to you, and saying, Lord, just continue to work in our hearts and lives. Bring health and healing and wholeness to us, Lord God. And uh, that we would just continue to grow in our relationship with you. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your provision and the things that you've done and you're doing and that you want to do because, Lord, I know that you want to do more. And uh, you, you have brought us together for such a time as this so that we can grow in our relationship with you and so that we can be a light in this dark world around us and share the hope and the love of Christ with others. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it!